our top stories tonight. Derek Carr. Derek Carr going to the Saints, $37.5 million a year. And Geno Smith. Geno Smith sticking with the Seahawks at $35 million a year. How are you going to pay Daniel Jones $45 million when Derek Carr is making $37.5 and Geno Smith making $35? It ain't going to happen, Danny Dimes. Sorry to disappoint, but you're not going to be disappointed in Calvin Ridley's reinstatement to the NFL joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. We can't wait for that. We're also interested in seeing what happens with Derrick Henry. Titans could be shopping Derrick Henry. The Rams could be shopping Allen Robinson. The Cowboys could be trying to shop Zeke. It's not going to work, though. Let's be honest. Tony Pollard franchise tag means Zeke taking a pay cut potentially, but most likely Ezekiel Elliott is getting cut. We've got that. We've got a preview of the Dallas Cowboys and more on Player Profiler today. Good evening to Big Shy and the Harry Snowman. Happy to have both of you tuning in live. Appreciate everyone out there tuning in live and tuning in after the fact. But our top stories, our top story. First, it's Derek Carr. Derek Carr signs for $37.5 million over four years. It's $150 million total, but $60 million guaranteed. He'll have $70 million guaranteed total at the end of the year because the Saints are in such a weird cap situation, right? They don't have money. So they're going to give Derek Carr $60 million up front now, guaranteed. When the season ends, he'll get another $10 million guaranteed. That's for sure. But he can get up to $100 million in guarantees. He's never going to see most of that money. This is essentially a two-year contract for Derek Carr, valued at $37.5 million, which is great. That is perfect for the middle tier of quarterback. $35 million for Geno Smith, $37.5 million for Derek Carr. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Jameis is now going to get cut. The Saints will save $12.8 million with a post-June 1st cut. But really, I don't understand why the Saints just keep kicking this cap hell down the road. They have no money now. They continue to restructure, so they're not going to have money in the future. Just start over. You don't have a talented enough roster to just keep going all in that you could win a Super Bowl. I understand when it's Drew Brees. Drew is a legend. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. What else is there to say? I understand every year of Drew Brees' career, remortgaging your future to go for that Super Bowl. I understand when you do that with a veteran quarterback, which is why if Tom Brady comes out of retirement, which could happen, according to Rich Eisen, watch out for the Miami Dolphins, I will understand that. I will understand the Miami Dolphins mortgaging their future for Tom Brady to win just one Super Bowl. I don't understand it for Derek Carr. I truly don't. But the Saints are going to be a middling team once again. Maybe they win the NFC South. It's a bad division. Maybe they win the NFC South. They're not going to compete for a Super Bowl. This was overall a bad decision by the Saints. I don't hate signing Derek Carr, but I hate it for the Saints. What's up, Aaron Stewart? Happy to have you on the show talking about all sorts of stuff. Speaking of the Saints, Michael Thomas, as Aaron and I talked about earlier, Michael Thomas could be back with the Saints. He tweeted something to the effect of, Thank God, praise God. I can't remember the exact quote, but Michael Thomas excited about Derek Carr. Rumors he could take a pay cut. He could take a contract reconstruction. Either way, Michael Thomas, he's not going to be playing on that crazy cap hit he's got. Seems as though he's going to be coming back to the New Orleans Saints. And with a lot of these predictions, I'm right on a lot of predictions. But I'm not Cody. I'm not as tapped in as Cody. I get advice from him. And so far, Cody, he's one for one on his predictions. Number one, Derek Carr to the Saints. We're waiting on number two, Aaron Rodgers to the, not the Jets, 
No, not Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Cody predicts Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. Wouldn't that be fun seeing him back with Devontae Adams? Poor, poor Jets. They're going to be stuck with Ryan Tannehill or Jimmy G. And it's going to be beautiful. And then we've got Jacoby Myers to the Chicago Bears. That's another one of Cody's predictions. We've got Antonio Brown to the Cowboys. Another one of Cody's predictions, which we'll get to later, along with covering Zeke getting cut. That's an official prediction from Cody. I co-sign it. I've been saying it for a while now. I'm all in. And I'm also all in on the Seahawks with this contract. $35 million a year for Geno Smith. That is perfect for that mid-tier of quarterback, especially when that mid-tier of quarterback plays like a top-tier quarterback like Geno Smith did. Now, obviously, Geno Smith's not getting $50 million a year. He's not getting $45 million a year. That was never going to happen. So the fact that Geno is taking mid-tier money, can play like a top-tier guy, and now the Seahawks are going to have more money to sign players around Geno Smith, and they could draft a quarterback. They could groom a QB behind Geno Smith. We'll wait and see what happens on draft night. But regardless, Geno Smith is the quarterback of the Seahawks for 2023. He is going to be back. $52 million in incentives this year. It could be a crazy year for Geno Smith money-wise. And obviously, to get the full $52 million, he's going to have to win a Super Bowl. There will be other incentives if he leads a league in passing, leads a league in touchdowns, stuff like that, where he's probably not going to get it. But still, $52 million in incentives. The Seahawks are giving Geno Smith every opportunity to succeed. And I think Geno's going to take that ball and run with it. Just like Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is going to take the ball and run with it for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about it on our Jaguars preview of their offseason. Calvin Ridley was not officially reinstated at the time. He is now. Calvin Ridley can return. Obviously, he can't return to the Jaguars right now and start working with the coaches because it's the offseason. The NFL has rules about this, but he is now allowed to go work out at the Jaguars facility. Can't work with the strength, strength and conditioning coach. That's fine. Calvin Ridley can go and meet with his teammates. He can go hang out with Trevor Lawrence, go work out with them. This is going to get real exciting, real fast in Jacksonville. Christian Kirk's value goes a little bit down. So does Zay Jones, but that's in terms of their stability. They're still going to have just as big, if not bigger boom weeks now, because this Jaguars offense is going to be even better than it was in 2022. You add an alpha like Calvin Ridley to a team that had a one B in Christian Kirk, a one B in Zay Jones, and really, a 1B in Everett Ingram, maybe a 1C, maybe a, a true 2, let's call Evan Ingram a, a 2. Jaguars are going to be even better. That's going to result in more scoring. So while Christian Kirk won't have the same average per week, the spike weeks are going to be juicy. Good evening to the Fantasy Condo. Happy to have you on the show as always. And I don't know if I'm happy to hear about this. I don't know how I feel about the potential of Derrick Henry being moved by the Tennessee Titans. Now, obviously, this would signify a full rebuild. Ryan Tannehill is a Titan, and he will be a Titan, as General Manager Rand Carthon said. Don't know if I believe him fully, but if Derrick Henry is getting shopped, this tells us that this is a full rebuild for the Tennessee Titans. He is the face of that team. Without Derrick Henry, do we expect Ryan Tannehill to thrive? No, no one expects that. I'll be shocked if Derrick Henry gets traded, but... I could be wrong. I will be less surprised if Allen Robinson is moved than Derrick Henry. Because trading for running backs at crazy contracts like that, how often does it happen? How many teams can afford a running back as that final piece? Not many. 
Carolina Panthers, though, could they be interested? Replace Dante Foreman with Derrick Henry? That, that could be spicy with a rookie quarterback. But this is all just speculation. And of course, the initial report comes from Mike Silver. And we don't really believe Mike Silver around here. So it's interesting to note that Derrick Henry could be being shopped, but coming from a source that we typically don't trust. We do trust the fact that Allen Robinson is being shopped, though. And the Rams, in the past, when the Rams have traded a player, they've used kind of a sliding scale where the more picks you'll give us, the more willing to bite the bullet on paying extra money will be. So with just a pure release of Allen Robinson, they wouldn't save that much money. But with a trade, it can be all right. So Allen Robinson, he's going to be on his way out. They can save up to $11 million with a trade of Allen Robinson. It'll probably be less than that because they'll take on some money from the new team to facilitate this deal. But Allen Robinson's gone. Leonard Floyd, the edge rusher, is about to be gone from the Los Angeles Rams. Jalen Ramsey's on the trade block. Bobby Wagner just got cut. Rams are cleaning house. This is a new era of the Los Angeles Rams, especially on defense. A little bit on offense, too, with Allen Robinson gone. Not that Allen Robinson was really an era of Rams offense, but you get what I mean. They're going to be one to follow this offseason. Van Jefferson, now the official wide receiver, too. Tutu Atwell. Lance McCutcheon. Could this be Lance McCutcheon's time to break out? I sure hope so. Speaking of cuts around the NFL, Frank Clark expected to be cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank Clark ranks third all-time in postseason sack. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Frank Clark has been a monster in the playoffs historically. Was again this playoffs. He's going to get cut, though. Chiefs and Frank Clark couldn't reach a reworked contract. They wanted him to take a pay cut. He said no deal. Now Frank Clark is going to be on the open market. George Karloftis steps up as that top edge rusher for KC. And they're going to be back in the hunt for a Super Bowl. As for the 49ers, we don't know if they'll be in the hunt for the Super Bowl because we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Can Troy Lance get them in the hunt for the Super Bowl? Could Baker Mayfield? Because that's another player that <laughs> the Rams could lose. Baker Mayfield, teams are interested. We're hearing that Baker Mayfield could end up getting $8 million a year. And it could just be a one-year, $8 million deal, but the 49ers and the Buccaneers are interested in Baker Mayfield as a potential starter. Rams want to bring him back, just not sure they'll be able to do it at the price that Baker Mayfield is going to command because he also wants to start. He's not going to start with Matthew Stafford still there. But 49ers interested in Baker Mayfield because Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's getting his Brock Purdy is getting his surgery on Friday. He's getting his UCL, which was completely torn, repaired or reconstructed. We don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen with Brock Purdy because that's the nature of this surgery. They will start the surgery. They will see how damaged it was. They will see whether the bone was avulsed. And by avulsed, I mean pulled off by the tendon. So when what can happen is when this tendon ruptures, sometimes it just is pulled right off the bone. And that would actually, I think that's the better case in this one. I can't remember now. I don't want to speak out of, out of tongue. What I do know is that Brock Purdy will find out on Friday what kind of surgery he needs. And we keep hearing NFL media with all this optimism. Brock Purdy, he's out six months. He's only out six months. He could play week one. That's not how this surgery works. You will find out on Friday when the surgery begins, whether he's getting a UCL repair, which would have him out for six months, or a UCL reconstruction, would, which would have Brock Purdy out for a year. 
And I really hope it's the repair. I really hope Brock Purdy can come back as soon as possible. But the NFL media is not telling you the truth about Brock Purdy's UCL injury. That's just not how this surgery works. Calvin Ridley bet on himself and won. Well, he did literally bet on himself. I guess he wasn't playing at the time, betting on the Atlanta Falcons, but still rooting for Calvin Ridley and rooting for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson met with general manager Eric DaCosta this week. Eric DaCosta came down to Miami to talk to Lamar, see if they could hammer out a final contract. The fact that it didn't happen and the fact that we have no reports that it's still going on, that Eric DaCosta is still in Miami, tells me that Lamar Jackson's on his way out. They are still very far apart by all accounts. So what will happen tomorrow at 3.30 p.m., the Ravens are going to drag this all the way to the finish line. At 3.30 p.m., we will get a report that the Ravens have placed the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. We will find out at 3.30 whether or not this is the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive. And we'll find out if Lamar Jackson is going to be tied to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll find out if teams will be free to offer Lamar Jackson a contract. And then we'll find out if that team, Atlanta Falcons, potentially Washington Commanders, offers Lamar that contract. Will the Ravens match? It's going to be a fun couple days with this franchise tag deadline. Not so fun. Releases around the NFL. Eric Kendricks was released by the Minnesota Vikings. That's one that I called in our Vikings preview. Adam Thielen, unfortunately, going to be next. Buccaneers. It seemed as though the Buccaneers were trading Devin White earlier today. White posts a picture going down memory lane. Wow, can't believe it's been four years already. That leads people to start thinking Devin White. Well, he's he's being told he's getting traded. Buccaneers come out and deny that. We'll see. Don't I, th- I think they're probably going to keep Devin White, let him leave in free agency next year maybe. Or if they're rebuilding that cap space, maybe they'll have money next year with all the dead money they've taken on. So they could be fine. They could end up keeping Devin White. Kansas City, though, doesn't sound as like they're going to keep Orlando Brown. Left tackle will not receive a second franchise tag in a row. And Orlando Brown, kind of overrated as a tackle. He gets a lot of help from the tight end, a lot of chips on that side of the line. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you want to be the highest paid left tackle in the NFL and you can't do what Laramie Tunsil does, doesn't work. So he's going to hit the open market. Doesn't look like Kansas City will be able to reach a long-term deal. Instead, I would expect them to re-sign right tackle Andrew Wiley, who needs help at times too, but he's not asking for top tackle money. Much better deal on Andrew Wiley. Fortunately, Orlando Brown going to walk. It's expensive to keep linemen around. It really is. Cardinals are going to learn that the hard way. Rodney Hudson is retiring, it sounds like. Their center. We already know their left guard and their right guard are on their way out in free agency, as is their right tackle. They might have a replacement in-house at right tackle, but the two guard positions, Cardinals need some work. And it sounds as like the people that are facing those interior offensive linemen, they're about to get paid in free agency. Javon Hargrave, Draymond Jones, they could command almost $20 million. Doesn't sound as like they're going to hit that market, but they're going to come close to $20 million a year at defensive tackle. It is a crazy market. I cannot wait for free agency to start because there's going to be a lot of news. Part of that news is going to be the cutting of Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about it. Cody Carpentier, the wizard of the NFL combine. The guy got a shout out from Matthew Barry earlier today. Just Cody, he has reached the peak of the industry 
but this is not the peak for Cody and player profiler. We're just going to keep peaking over and over again. We're on a roll, but as for Cody, Cody predicts that Ezekiel Elliott will be cut. And this is not a surprise, right? Zeke currently scheduled to cost $60 million a year on the cap. That's too much. That's too much for your backup running back. Jamal Williams is a better version of Zeke, and he's not going to get $16 million. It's just not going to happen. So the two options for the Dallas Cowboys, because no one's going to trade for Zeke, right? We're we're taking that off the table. Yeah, that would be better for the Cowboys, but it's not going to happen. So if they cut Zeke pre-June 1st, they'll save $4.8 million. But if they cut Zeke post-June 1st, they will save $10.9 million. I think Zeke will be a post-June 1st cut. Now, that doesn't literally mean that the Cowboys will wait until June 1st to cut Zeke. No. You get to designate two players, up to two players. Obviously, not every team uses this. Sometimes you don't even get one post-June 1st cut. But you get to designate two players as a post-June 1st cut. And those players, you'll get to spread out their cap hit from this year into next year as well. Just one of the ways the NFL moves money around. And that's going to be what happens to Ezekiel Elliott. He's not going to take a pay cut. The ego is too big. He's too proud. And I don't blame him. He's got to fight for every penny that he's earned. He's earned a lot of money. Earned too much money at times. But Zeke is a running back. He earns those dollars. So I get why he doesn't want to take a pay cut. I still think that the best thing he could do for his own career is to take a pay cut and stick with the Dallas Cowboys and try to win a Super Bowl. But seems unlikely at this point. Tony Pollard back on the franchise tag, $10.1 million. You can't pay $15, $20 million to your backfield. You just can't do it. Zeke's going to be gone. And right now, that would be Malik Davis as the RB2. We saw Malik Davis flash at times. He's not bad at all. Now it would be the most Dallas Cowboys thing ever to just go out and draft Bijan Robinson, but crazier things have happened. We're going to follow along with this Dallas Cowboys backfield. It's, it's really a complete restart in the backfield, though. This is the end of an era. This is the end of the Ezekiel Elliott era in the Dallas Cowboys backfield. It is now the Tony Pollard show. And it's been the Tony Pollard show for the last year, almost two years, but we couldn't officially close the casket on the Ezekiel Elliott Dallas Cowboys backfield. But we're there. We are there. Zeke, he's going to be gone. One of the teams that makes sense for Zeke is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back coach. Skip Pete just got fired by Mike McCarthy. Skip Pete being there for years with, uh, with Zeke. Zeke was not happy when his running back coach was fired. Could see him reuniting in Tampa Bay. And then you'd have Rashad White as the Tony Pollard. Zeke as the Leonard Fournette, wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be devastating for fantasy analysts? Got some more questions here. Free Lamar. Yes, I agree, Jen. We got a free Lamar. We got to free Lamar. Cody may be peaking, but he we will continue. Exactly. The peak is every day is going to be a new peak. We're just going to be shattering ceilings here at Player Profiler. Yes, we are, Brandon. We are indeed live. If you have any questions, hit me up. The Pony Tollard Show. Yes. Yes, it's the Tony Pollard Show. The Pony Tollard Show. And it's going to be interesting to see who that new wide receiver 2-3 is for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Michael Gallup, he's a wide receiver 2 in the NFL. He wasn't this past year. Because remember, he tore his ACL late in the year. Michael Gallup was not healthy. 
another year removed from the ACL. Maybe he can be a true wide receiver too again, but Dak still needs more help. He really does. Gallup wasn't enough. C.D. Lamb is great, but as we also saw with the Buffalo Bills, you need more than C.D. Lamb. You need more than Stephon Diggs. Michael Gallup's not enough. Noah Brown's a free agent. And Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is leaving too. So you're going to replace him with uh, Jake. Goodness gracious, Jake. Jake Ferguson. I kept want to say Jake Hendershot, combining Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. Anyways, oh, Derek Henry to the Cowboys, three-headed backfield. Not a chance. Not a chance at all. I would love to see the Cowboys draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if he's going to be there. I don't know if he's going to fall that far, but it could happen. Cowboys could draft a good good tight end. It is a great tight end class, but they need weapons regardless. They got CeeDee Lamb. They got Michael Gallup, who will get back to better. Got Jake Ferguson stepping in for Dalton Schultz. That's a small downgrade. And then they need a wide receiver 2-3. Noah Brown, he was better than expected this year, but much like Cedric Wilson, who got paid by the Dallas Cowboys, they're just guys. Dak Prescott is helping make them better, and I know people will fault me for that. Oh, well, Dak Prescott's not making them better. He stinks. Really? Really? You think it was Cedric Wilson that got himself paid? You think Noah Brown became a starting NFL wide receiver and was pretty productive? Just because he's him. You think they do those? You think those they put up those numbers with Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill? No, they don't. Dak is good. And Dak needs more help because good quarterbacks need more help. This is a new NFL where even Patrick Mahomes, he loses Tyree Kill, but he's still got serviceable wide receivers across the board. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they're fun to make jokes about, but they're starting NFL wide receivers. Justin Watson is a starting wide receiver in the NFL, and he was not starting for the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is what I mean. You need depth at wide receiver. You got your elite star in Travis Kelsey, but you've got other guys who can step up when needed, and the Dallas Cowboys don't have that right now. But would they if they signed Antonio Brown? I was talking to Cody earlier today, and Antonio Brown, yeah, right. No way the Dallas Cowboys would sign Antonio Brown. Maybe not. Maybe Antonio Brown has is too far gone. I, I certainly wouldn't sign him based on all of his antics, but we know that NFL teams think that Antonio Brown still can play. And when it comes to Jerry Jones, do we really believe that anything's off the table in pursuit of a Super Bowl? I would not be surprised to see Antonio Brown with that star on his helmet. Would not be surprised to see DeAndre Hopkins with that star on his ha- helmet. DeAndre Hopkins is openly courting the Dallas Cowboys at this point. Hopkins working out in Dallas right now. I think he's working out with Des Bryant, actually. Puts out, hey, Cowboys, call me up. Hit me up. Let's talk. DeAndre Hopkins would be a great fit with Dak Prescott. He gets to go back to Texas. Antonio Brown would be, he, as much as I wouldn't don't want to see Antonio Brown back in the NFL, I still think he's got it, and I still think he would ball out with Dak Prescott. OBJ is in the mix too, but I don't know if OBJ will be the choice. Could see the Rams going after him. Cowboys still say they're interested, but they were interested last year and we saw how that worked out. It just didn't, never came to fruition. Looking at the Cowboys cap space, they are fifth worst in the NFL right now. Negative $16.5 million, third worst in the NFC, but they can make a lot of money real easily. They can free up $23 million just by signing Dak Prescott to extension. 
So you go from negative 16 million to positive 17 million just with that one. No, less positive 7 million just with that one move. So Dak Prescott going to get a contract extension. It's going to happen, but not the only move that they're going to make. They can cut Tyron Smith, the left tackle turned right tackle. They would save either $9.6 million or $13.6 million, or they could extend Tyron Smith and save $9.9 million. Now that last one, the extension, it, it seems unlikely for a veteran tackle of that age, but Terrence Steele, their right tackle, he went down for the season. Don't know if he's going to be back early in the year. So I could see the Cowboys giving Tyron Smith, if he's willing to come back on a cheaper deal, an extension. And we'll see if they can keep him at right tackle. Tyler Smith, that left tackle. They can also free up some money by cutting Dorrance Armstrong, who's their third edge rusher, but they drafted Sam Williams. He could step in for Armstrong, save 4.2 or 5.7 million. They can cut Jordan Lewis, their slot corner, $4.7 million they'd save there. Seems as though they have Jordan Lewis's replacement too in Deron Bland. Started in the slot when Jordan Lewis went down. Then had to move outside because Anthony Brown went down. But they don't really need Jordan Lewis, especially at that price tag when they have no money. They could cut Jaron Curse and Malik Hooker, save some money there. But that seems less likely. They need safeties. The Dallas Cowboys, when you look at their top five players in defensive snaps, three of their top five players in snaps were safeties. Cowboys love the three safety look. They absolutely love it. Would they're, they're more likely to re-sign Donovan Wilson than to cut their two safeties. That's just who the Dallas Cowboys are. So again, there's ways to free up money, and then they can restructure Demarcus Lawrence and Zach Martin. That saves $9 million each. Restructure Tyron Smith. That saves $6.2 million. And he could take a pay cut, too. And then Michael Gallup, he can restructure, save $7.4 million. There's ways for the Cowboys to make money. But it all starts... First, with cutting Ezekiel Elliott, and then is followed up with a contract extension for Dak Prescott. And then the Cowboys are in the green. The Cowboys will have money to spend. And the best thing about the Dallas Cowboys as a recruiter, you can take less money to sign with the Dallas Cowboys, knowing the prestige that comes along with that star. It's what Dak Prescott did. Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones, they went back and forth for years. And finally, Dak does take... A little bit of a discount, not a huge one, but it's because I'm the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I will make more money than the three, four million dollars we're hemming and hawing over as a Dallas Cowboy because that's a brand. And that's why Dak signed. That's why Dak's going to resign. Dak's going to be the face of the Dallas Cowboys for another five, 10 years because he's young still. Dak Prescott, not even 30. Can't wait to see what Dak Prescott can do. He's going to be back. Zeke's going to be gone. Tony Pollard is going to be the RB1. And hopefully they will have a better wide receiver too than Noah Brown and recovering Michael Gallup. And this Dallas Cowboys offense will exceed expectations because expectations have gone down now that Mike McCarthy's the play caller. And I get it, but come on, this is still a coaching move. Coaches are overrated. This offense is going to be hurt by Mike McCarthy instead of helped by Kellen Moore, but it's still the Dak Prescott offense. He's still the one making the decision. So as long as they get another wide receiver, they'll be fine. Talent on the field matters so much more than coaching. But looking at the free agents, we've talked about a bunch of them. Noah Brown, free agent at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, also a free agent at wide receiver. He could come back. Wouldn't be shocked to see T.Y. Hilton come back for a full year. 
Dalton Schultz expected to walk in free agency. The new Austin Hooper, his fantasy value. Everyone loves Dalton Schultz because of the PPR value, but Austin Hooper had was the exact same thing with the Atlanta Falcons. Then he went to Cleveland. Then he went to Tennessee, fall off a cliff. Need some help on the interior, or just on the offensive line in general. Connor McGovern, the left guard's a free agent. And Jason Peters, their left tackle, right tackle, left guard. Jason Peters, 40 plus years old, played three different positions, started at three different positions for the Dallas Cowboys. Insane. Jason Peters is just a freak. Love that guy. He's a free agent. Wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas re-sign him. And then on defense, the defense has a lot of holes. Carlos Watkins and Jonathan Hankins, those are two of their reserve defensive linemen. That's not as big of a deal. Dante Fowler, he was kind of the fourth, fifth edge rusher. Sam Williams ended up passing him by the end of the year. Not a big loss. Dante Fowler's, Fowler's contract was a bad one. But they are missing both starting linebackers. Now, Leighton Vander Esch wouldn't be surprised to see him re-sign at all. Leighton Vander Esch just seems to continue to do the one-year deal thing with the Dallas Cowboys. But he's a starting linebacker. That's still a starter on your team, as is Anthony Barr. And Anthony Barr was actually really important for the Dallas Cowboys because by having two linebackers that you didn't have to take off the field, by having two linebackers that you could just trust, that meant Micah Parsons could play full-time edge rusher. The Cowboys got worse when Anthony Brown, or not Anthony Brown, got worse with Anthony Brown when Anthony Brown went down too. But when Anthony Barr missed time, the Cowboys got worse, not because they were missing Brown specifically. It was because they were missing Micah Parsons at edge. He had to play more linebacker snaps to cover for Anthony Barr. And so there was less of a pass rush and this defense got worse. So linebacker, big hole for the Dallas Cowboys because of the trickle down effect it has on the defensive line and Marcus and Micah Parsons. Also, Anthony Brown, starting corner who tore his Achilles towards the end of the year. He's a free agent. And Donovan Wilson, their starting safety. He's a free agent. So the Cowboys, they got a lot of free agents on the defense. On offense, it's more superficial. And I've already outlined ways that they can fix it, ways that they can improve it. Who would have thought one of those ways would be Antonio Brown? But here we are. So looking at this offense, Dak is back. Michael Gallup, he stays as the X receiver. CD Lamb stays in the slot. But as of now, Jalen Tolbert or Simi Fajoko would be a starting receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And I love Jalen Tolbert. I thought he was going to be a thing. I drafted Jalen Tolbert this past year. A couple best ball leagues. Bad decision. Bad, bad, bad decision. Small school wide receiver. No indication that he was going to get snaps early. We were just excited because he could step in for Michael Gallup. Didn't happen. So they need that wide receiver three. I think they can get away with it at tight end, a tight end by committee with Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. And then this offensive line still going to be good. The Dallas Cowboys offensive line, it has gotten worse year over year. They lost their starting center, Travis Frederick, a couple years ago. He retired. They've had different right tackles. Tyron Smith goes down. Lose Lael Collins. It's, it's gotten worse. But this is still a solid offensive line. Tyler Smith was a home run pick by the Dallas Cowboys last year. Zach Martin is still an all-pro guard, still an all-world guard. Tyler Biotish at center could be upgraded over. Not having Connor McGovern back would make them worse, but it's not that hard to upgrade over McGovern either. He's just a middle-of-the-road offensive lineman. And then right tackle, Terrence Steele comes back. That could upgrade it. Tyron Smith could upgrade it. 
it's not the Dallas Cowboys offensive line of the past. I would love to see them draft an offensive line in the first round. Peter Skaronsky's not going to fall that far, but stick him at left guard and you are set back to the old ways of the Dallas Cowboys. But people, I think, are going to overreact to the Dallas Cowboys offense. They're going to overreact to Mike McCarthy being the play caller. They're going to overreact to losing Connor McGovern. And if Tyron Smith gets cut, they're going to overreact to that. Probably going to overreact to Dalton Schultz. There's still hope for this Dallas Cowboys offense. I think it's going to end up catching people off guard just how good they are because of Dak Prescott. And the defense, the defense will be fine if they figure out the linebacker problem. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, still two studs off the edge. Sam Williams is emerging. He should be the edge rusher number three this year. Osa Adigizua, force on the interior defensive line. Neville Gallimore has improved year over year. Still have Trayvon Diggs. Found Deron Bland late in the draft to be cornerback two or the slot. Israel Muko, Mukuamu really stepped up as that slot corner. He's a safety by trade. Really stepped up as that slot corner for the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Would not be surprised to see the six foot Mukuamu, sorry, not six foot four Mukuamu stay in the slot, get some more time at safety too, potentially. But Cowboys, it's a lot of names you don't know. And a lot of people will probably worry based on some of these cuts, some of these free agents. If Jordan Lewis ends up getting cut, well, they've lost two starting corners. They did, but is it an upgrade even though they lost them potentially? I know I'm the guy that gets excited about every team. I find good things to say about every single team, but I'm also realistic. I just show you what we can be optimistic about. And for the Dallas Cowboys, we can be optimistic that once again, this is the Cowboys year and they will be competing for a Super Bowl. 